This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? I'm still pushing the buttons here. If you are watching on the live stream, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, A new feature. We've had it for a while, but I didn't really promote it too much. Uh, You can now leave a voicemail if you have any questions, anything you want to include on a future episode. Or if you're watching on the live stream, you can also um, leave it here. And I'll, we'll try to answer it later on and add it to the podcast version, which publishes this. So if you enjoyed my April Fool's episode, this is public accountability because it's going to be fun. I haven't recorded it yet, but it should be fun. We will see how it goes. Um, but today we want to talk about brand voice. So what's interesting about how do we create a good brand voice um, to me is, you know what, I've had some, I would say, terrible experiences with that you know this is how the brand is supposed to sound and everybody says we're supposed to sound fun and engaging and uh whatever authoritative and whatever else it might be and then when in fun especially but then when we turn around they sound stuffy and over edit and all this different stuff and yesterday we had scott dyker's uh on the show he is the founding editor of the onion and he just wrote the latest book on um how to write funny characters so that was an interesting show as well how do you move away from the stuffy writing so today today's guest tara hunt she i'll bring her out of the green room here in a second she's the ceo of truly inc co-founder at flywheel that's also the book we're highlighting on amazon so if you're not watching on amazon i see people are already commenting, saying hi. Um, Hey, guys, everybody, thanks for um, joining us today. That is currently the featured item over on Amazon, amazon amazon.com forward slash live. I did not get that on the other channel. So hop on over there and check it out. And Tara can tell us about that a little bit more when we bring her on here. So how do we create a solid brand voice? What does that even mean? Uh, Why is it important? And we'll go from there. I'm just here to ask the questions. Tara is here to answer them. Tara, how's it going? Good. How are you, Christoph? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, we were kind of trying to remember what we met, and I, you know, I definitely ran across you somewhere, whether it was Twitter or somebody else's podcast, and you said something smart. And I thought we have to get her on the show. So mission accomplished. Thank you so much. Um, so talk about the. Uh, creating a brand voice. Well, what does that mean? Why is it important? There, I'm breaking my own rule more than one question at a time, but I'll remember them if you forget them. That's all right. Um, well, I loved your intro, which I was listening to intently, and how you described one of the biggest problems with a you know with brand voices is that you know you get these documents usually um, uh, you know the brand guidelines document and one of the pages one of usually they're like I don't know, 10, 15 page documents. Most of it is like 
how much padding you put around a logo. <laughs> but usually like there's one page that's like, our personality is, and then picks out like three words. Um, usually, as you said, like fun or friendly, or um, sometimes you'll have like creative, like these very, very nebulous words. Um, and there's no examples. And, um, you know, it's it, it's very hard to kind of interpret. Like my idea of fun may be very different than your idea of fun. So at the end of the day, like anybody that is receiving a brand guidelines document where it's like, okay, this is, you know, you can use this to start writing uh, ad copy or tweets or uh, blog posts or uh, content even just on our product pages. It's it's just not it's not very easy to follow along with. So that's I think the first question is like, what is it? You know, why is it important? Is like that today in today's world of digital and social is everything. And I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about how you know we try to connect with one another and with brands in in today's world. That a you need a personality. You need a way to identify yourself beyond the colors scheme or the look and feel of your ads or your logo integrity. <laughs> you need a voice. And a voice is your, um, it is your personality signature that if I read a piece of copy or if I, um hear a a pitch of some sort that i can actually identify the brand through the personality that comes across in that text yeah and we uh so one comment here um on linkedin margie agin uh who was previously on the show so if you guys want to go back and check that out um I want to say center board marketing, something like that. She can correct me here. Uh, agree. It's critical to include examples of the brand voice in real life writing so writers can be consistent and save time. Um, I do agree with that. Sometimes, you know, back in the day and maybe still today, sometimes these things exist in some executive's head, right? And like if you don't have examples or you don't have specifics, I mean, it's like when I go up to a designer and I say, that looks really good, but can you make it pop a little bit more? They want to bite my head <laughs> off. Do you know what I mean? Because what, what the heck does that yeah. mean? So, um, but how do we, you know, what's like the process to even get started? I mean, and, and how do we get beyond those, I, I, you call them, I think you call them nebulous or I don't know, you know, like really vague thing. Christoph, what do you want to do? Um, yes, I want to be successful. I mean, who doesn't, right? So um, how do we get started to move past those generalities? Yeah, so first of all, um, you can't off of a couple of, of words. I mean, words become the basis of what we're trying to get across. But that, but like a three-word on a page or even if they choose more words and even a few examples there's there are a lot of dimensions to personality and if you step back and think about okay 
where does personality come from? Well, at the core of it is person, a human being and a human personality, which is really what we're trying to emulate in a way. Of course, brands aren't people, but you had sort of core um, identity to that to that brand voice is if you think about a person, a person isn't one dimensional. A person has you know multiple dimensions to um, who they are. So um, rather than picking like just three words, we have we use like and uh, we've developed um, like a whole process to it um, that starts with and I'm just trying to pull it up so that I don't miss mix any miss whether uh, the 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 basis is you know like um, who we are and um, who we stand for right so the basis is um, our traits right? And it's not even our voice yet. We're just talking about like, it's even not even our likes and dislikes, but what are our character based character traits? Um, and, and base character traits, uh, and this is where a lot of brands miss the boat too, can be um, safe. And we like to, instead of positive and negative, which we use, used to talk about, but now we talk about them as safe and um, provocative <laughs> type of traits. So if you think about any human being, what usually makes us human um, and makes us individuals and identifiable is usually the more provocative side of our personalities, right? So, um, you can think about the safe traits as being stuff that I think is easy to like, it's kind of more van vanilla, I guess, uh, on that side of things like creative would be mm -hmm. in that safe zone. Uh, friendly would be in that safe zone. Even fun could be in that safe zone. But when you're trying to craft a personality, you want to get into that provocative side and then you start to push the sort of the edges on that. And one of my favorite examples, which is an old example, is Zappos. Um, and you're probably all familiar with the early stories around Zappos, but one of their core, I think they, uh, they called it their um, uh, core principles was, um, about being, a, uh, I think it was like a little bit weird. <laughs> and and the idea was like, not like super, I don't want to be, you know, sitting, stuck sitting beside this person on a, on a, on a bus or something weird, but like a little bit weird, that, that quirkiness, right? And so they hired people that embodied this trait, but the brand voice also had this trait where, a little bit weird came across in like sometimes saying things that would make people like perk up and maybe like think a little bit and then usually smile from there. So, you know, they, uh, uh, you know, they would, they wouldn't say the thing that they were expected to say. They were, they'd say the thing that would, 
make them make help people smile or 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 help um make them memorable right so that's what a little bit weird is and i love that brand personality that that personality side of things that really made zappos unique to the other you know companies that were out there that were selling stuff online right there were always this kind of little bit weirdness and you can also see this in various um, uh, people love austin for instance austin texas um uh, and they're i think it's a um it was a myth but now it's become part of the actual towns of uh, the city's um core is is keep Austin weird is this idea that people they want to attract a certain kind of person to Austin that doesn't just want to be like everybody else that wants to be a little bit more artistic and quirky etc and and this of course makes Austin makes Zappos makes anybody who has that provocative trait stand out a little bit and so for brands it's it's really about finding that provocative trait as well as the safe traits that will help you understand what your that base personality is first and foremost uh, you, you know very interesting Terry. i also feel that the word weird has kind of evolved over years maybe like the last decade ago or so i mean who would have ever wanted to be weird and today you know i mean who doesn't want to be um you know a little bit more um, unique. A uh, couple quick shout outs before we get back to the topic here. I just highlighted for a moment before we get back to Who the Deck, which is Sarah's book. And very interesting. I want to talk about that just a little bit. That's a feature right there. She's flashing it on the screen in a minute. And um, so, Content Performance Culture, not my current book, but my last book, is currently available for 99 cents. So, on Amazon, that's um, at the bottom there. It's highlighted if you want to take a look. And then also quick shout out to Switcher Studio, switcherstudio.com. That's how we live stream. That's how we have produced the show. So if you're wondering how I get all these wonderful graphics on the screen and fly in lower thirds, switcherstudio.com. So I love the title. Uh, we're going to go back to it here on Amazon. It is called, I know I'm, you know what, I, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to move away from the mic, I've been told. Um, but back to what... Uh, what is it again? Who the deck do you think you are? And is that tell us about <laughs> that? Is that a way to help us um, determine our personality as a brain, or 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 how do people use it? Yeah. So I mean, I, and I didn't come on here to to hawk this uh, this kid <laughs> at all. I don't. I hate selling actually. But um, the it it this. Kit is a brainchild of our process. And so I talked about that we have like several dimensions to a personality that we use and we've developed over the years to work with our clients to help them really create a like a more um, usable, in depth uh, brand guideline that really, really makes it clear what they're voice should sound like so there's no question even if they hire an interns like in second year college communications or whatever that could pick it up and really understand 
what a voice sounded like without being like, what is creative? What is fun? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, it's very clear. And so we developed this whole process. And at one point, I started actually like creating um, out of these cards, the index cards, um, sort of a process that clients could start writing down ideas and then we would organize them. And at one point it was like, wait a minute, this, this would actually make for a really great toolkit. Like if we could just sell the toolkit, it's a lot less expensive than hiring me and my team to come and, you know, do this bigger workshop and we'd have all the instructions. Uh, and then we could give people prompts with like words on those cards, the provocative cards like self-critical or irreverent or superior, you know, like things like that, that we could actually help people just at, in their own offices or with their own clients walk through this more robust exercise, then, um, you know, let's do it. And we'd never just never designed something physical before we're digital people. So it was kind of an interesting uh, process to try to take what are, you know, this, this exercise that we had done and put it into like a box and a set of instructions and put it out into the world. Um, so that was the evolution of it. Well, Tara, no, I, I find it fascinating. And I, you know, props to you to, to, to putting that together, because as everybody that listens to any 30 seconds of my show ever, they know I'm a big fan of creating ones publishing everywhere, right? That's why I do a live stream. That's why I do a podcast. That's how the last book came together. Everything I do, I try to push it into all these different channels. And certainly, um, that's just another way of doing it. Now, I got to think about what I have that's... Um, books um, like that so I don't know I'll make that my 2022 goal no book in 2022 but maybe I can um, I can put together something that people can use um, and, and that's creative and of course the title is creative as well now <laughs> once you come up so I, when you were talking about weird but not crazy or not too weird or whatever it was I was thinking about you know even for myself I'm trying to be um, honest but not rude Right. So there is there is actually a fine line to that. And of course, sometimes you can be honest on here and somebody will add me and tell me how. But you got to be kind of clear, you know, what you're trying to do. And, and one thing is, you know, I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to find ways for us to share better content and stand out. And it's getting harder and harder. And I do you think that the better your brand voice and maybe the more unique or you tell me what the what, what the uh, characters are the easier it might be to differentiate out in the market? Oh, well, you know, absolutely. Um, but I, I would also say to, to give you a nice sort of boundary for what you're trying to do is that we also like to take what, what we do call negative words. So that, that shows sort of that line that you don't cross. So, um, I like that you actually gave the example of honest, but not rude. And in both cases, so what you can say is you can give an example of where you were honest, 
but then you can give an example of where taking it too far would be rude. And, and in that you can, you know, that not rude, or maybe you use a positive word like respectful um, as your counterbalance. So you would have honest and your counterbalance would be respectful um, uh, in that case to create um, create those those boundaries. And I love that you lean into that sort of provocative territory. Now, I think honest is still very safe, but you might like irreverent maybe <laughs> where a little bit where you're going. Um, you know, on your on your provocative side, it also comes out in tone. Um, and that's another dimension. So you have your base personality, which is your safe and your provocative sides. But then how you deliver something mm -hmm. is your tone. Um, and a lot of people mix up your, your, your traits, your, your base personality with tone, and they call it uh, tone, tone and voice. Whereas tones change with different times. Like you should have a general tone of how you deliver something, but then the times change. Like your tone will change drastically if there's a tragedy going on, right? Or if you're dealing with a happy customer versus an irate customer versus a jerk, like what are your tones? in mm -hmm. those three situations what's the tone you take when you're celebrating or what's the tone you take when you're like eating eating crow kind of thing like what is what are the tones that you're taking in those various different situations and that's that's really important piece to layer on top and what you're going to want to do is have like a, a process for putting all of the time all of the tonal times and listing what you do and do not use as a as a tone like say you're getting criticism well we never want to take a defensive tone but we also don't want to take like a jovial tone because we want to take it seriously we don't want to be um too um earnest about it either maybe we take um like a more of a uh, reflective tone. Hmm. Interesting. So a little, a little bit of a trigger word there, um, Tara, and, and just really quickly, everyone, looks like everybody on Amazon is clicking along on the book and, and also my new book okay. that is currently out going live. If you guys want to take a look there, I'm also seeing people click on the microphone. So if you can hear me, um, I this is how it sounds. I love it. Get it, get it, get it if you want to. But also, Looks like um, the people are clicking on Tara's personality cards. I'm tempted to check them out, quite frankly, because mm -hmm. um, it's always a challenge to to um, move things forward. But it was a little bit of a trigger word when you just mentioned my honesty. That word, not my honesty per se, is <laughs> um, is safe. I'm not going for safe. I'm going for unique. So, what? Give me a better word. What's the What's the next okay. level up from honesty? Okay, well, um, let's pull out uh, some of these provocative words and see if we can find something that is, you know, a little less safe for you. So, I mean, opinionated is in there. 
Uh, I don't know if it's if that's some of it. I actually one of my provocative words myself is opinionated. Um, it's there's there's limits on the opinionated side. So opinionated could be there. Um, irreverent, which uh, well, it's a little bit more cheeky than you really want to be. Uh, uh, Righteous. I don't know if you want to go into righteous territory um, necessarily. Mm. That means that you are not going to move at all. Uh, sentimental bookish. Stand, standing, standing my ground. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, aggressive. No. Uh, blunt. Blunt could be mm. could be part of that. Being blunt. That means you're like almost a little brutally honest at times uh let's see so i mean just in that that's what i mean and i'm once again not trying to push the deck at all but that's actually why like we crafted the words is because it helps helps me too as a tool to understand a better way sometimes to put um to put uh like uh, your personality words that are more descriptive and we purposely scrubbed out things that would be a little bit too well as i said before nebulous right we don't want to have words that are could mean too many things to too many people because yeah. when that happens when we say like uh creative for instance my creative, your creative, somebody else's creative who's listening could be, you know, could be a very different thing. Uh, fearless, maybe another word that you would like to. <laughs> um, maybe maybe. Yeah, so, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting more, I don't know, sedentary in my old days. So <laughs> yeah. quick, a quick question for you. Very interesting. So I just want to give everybody some, some background. Uh, so when Tara came on the show, she had no idea that we were going to put that book or it's not even a book. It's a, I don't know, a work set or whatever you want to call it. Uh, she had no idea. So she's not on here to push it. Thank you for saying that. You, you, I, don't, I don't think it's necessary, but I just want to give people an idea. So I kind of put it in the carousel because it makes no sense when, you're, when your guest has, um, you know, something on Amazon and then we're going to talk about it and we don't have it in there. So now it's in there. Now, Blunt, I like, I actually don't mind the word blunt, but there is so many negative connotations with that. I mean, some of the other ones were very clearly on the other side of that line, but blunt, it's like, you know, yes, like you were just saying how it is. And I guess if you're blunt, I mean, we see it all the time, right? There's people out there, they're very mm -hmm. blunt, but it works for their target audience. And And if I'm not their target audience, I might feel like, they're a jerk. They're rude. Right. Well, I, don't, I don't even know what they're talking about. They're full of it. Um, so, but I've also, between us and, you know, I don't know, 1,200, 1,500 friends watching, I, you know, I've probably been beaten over the head a couple of times when it comes to blunt. Like that's, you don't want to be right. blunt. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know how you, how you kind of combine those different areas. Well, that's where like, I'm I'm actually using this once again to help me like to keep you from going <clears throat> over a line. So maybe you're blunt but you're compassionate okay. or empath or empathetic. 
or I mean, could be tasteful too, depending on the the area. And I'm just trying to pull out. There, uh, uh, there you go. Respectful. We talked about respectful as a potential word too, right? So you're using like you're blunt, but when you're being blunt, there's a line, mm -hmm. and that line that you don't cross is traits too. Just as on your safe traits, you can use your provocative cards to help you like get out a little bit out of that comfort zone mm -hmm. as well, right? So it's all about balancing, right? You know, um, you know, I'm you know, fearless is, you know, fearless and opinionated, um, is is mine but like on the on the safe side um i'm informed so even i don't i don't i take leaps but i look before i, <laughs> I leap right <laughs> so what's interesting so i go back to you know, she's the chief innovation officer at staymates i work with her at, there and also at metouch sandra fancher and every time there was, this is in the days when we would travel, right? We don't, I, I've been sitting in the same chair for the last 12 months or whatever it's been. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, right. So, but, but they always would work super late or, or fly in super late. And I'm, I'm a guy, I like to travel in the mornings when we travel. And I'd say, how do you do it? And she said, it's about the balance. You, you know, when you work mm -hmm. hard one night and the next night you go to bed when you get there at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever. And so it is, I think people forget about that is that, you know, it, I'm the same way, honestly, sometimes very black and white, you know, I love you or I hate you. Not not you. I love you. Okay? <laughs> in, in general, do you know what I mean? Like I love it or I hate yeah. it. Very black and white. The gray area is, is minimized. And that's something I think people need to remember. Let's talk about briefly, um, obviously, as you saw, I, my latest book came out, Going Live. And what I've noticed is a lot of brands are doing podcasts. And then what happens is uh, I think podcasting is still worthwhile, quite frankly. But when you, you have to build a new brand. So my answer is let's live stream the podcast. So I'm estimating, I don't know the exact number, but it looks like we got about maybe 1,500 people watching, Right. And wow. so that's so we would never get that on the podcast when we first start, you know, not possible. So what I'm saying is you push your podcast to all these other channels. So that's enough about that topic. But basically, the reason I love these shows is because it shows our voice. We can't hide, you know, people either love me. I mean, everybody loves you. I haven't seen any negative comments. <laughs> yet. It sounds awesome. So, but right at the end of the day, can it help us with our brand voice, which ultimately has to come through people, right? If we do live streams, if we do more video, uh, how does that fit in, in your opinion? Yeah, so absolutely. And I think this is, this goes back to kind of a, a trope we've heard many times over the years is the authenticity that matters, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, you know, um, uh, being authentic is uh, the best way to connect with people. And I agree. Um, but, you know, one of the issues is how does a, I, I know how a human is authentic. I know how you can be authentic and I can be authentic because 
we we have lived experiences we have personalities that we were born with and sort of have developed over our lives and so being authentic means like not trying to be anybody else but a brand <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's difficult because yeah a brand could follow the personality of a founder for instance um some brands can and 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 do but you know like if a brand is doing a podcast or a brand is being authentic in a live streaming sort of way do you take on that authentic warts and all of the hosts that you've hired or the person that is writing those articles or do you try to create something that is authentic to your customer base right so i'm trying to think of like a really good example of this like uh, maybe another famous example of patagonia for instance mm-hmm. right so quite often over the years patagonia has made different decisions when it comes to how they present themselves to the world how they word things what they stand for um where they go where they don't go uh as far as putting their brand out there because this aligns with their customers um like leanings their customers interests for instance mm-hmm. so like being a bit they're a bit irreverent like we're closing on boxing day or, or not boxing day that's canadian i'm canadian sorry <laughs> i'm like <Okay>. black friday <laughs> on black friday because um we want people to get out and enjoy things with their family while they're mm-hmm. with their family right and enjoy nature because that's what they believe in um which you know we anybody who watched that knows well that was really good for them they're not having a sale but people end up buying more from them because they're like you are speaking my language and that is patagonia making a a decision on their brand voice to lean into what matters to their customers not just from you know what their leadership believes or if they think it would be cool to be that way right and that's their authentic that's what authentic means mm-hmm. to patagonia um is you know i think a lot of times we hear the examples of good brand personalities being things like fast food brands like uh wendy's and burger king <laughs> um having a lot of fun and um poking at each other and making jokes and stuff on on Twitter well is that an authentic voice is is Wendy I don't think I don't know I think it she was once a person like but Burger King never was <laughs> like are these true to their no it's actually once again they're also leaning into their audience who's younger and um has likes to go on twitter and kind of be mischievous and um 
push the envelope a little bit. So their authentic once again is really tying into their audience. And I think uh, that's the trick when it comes to like, if we are thinking about ourselves, a personal brand, for instance, creating a podcast or some sort of show online that's live streamed and warts and all hang out um, is a very different process than trying to do this for a company you launch or you're working for or you're consulting for that you're helping through this. Um, and that's often where we say, think about your audience and reflecting who they are authentically back in the personality that you're putting out into the world. Yeah. So the, the, it's very interesting. So the one thing I just thought about too is, you know, back in the day when I didn't do live streams and I only wrote for brands behind the scenes, so to speak, it's very different, right? Because now you have, now you, even if you don't hit the brand voice, somebody can still edit it. But if I'm doing a podcast and even, you know, let's say, I mean, we do the real talk, the customer insights show for Vox Pop Me, obviously there is, there's real People just, it's not the Vox Pop Me mascot or whatever, right? Not the logo talking. You still have to be on brand somehow, right? So whatever that means, um, you, you can't have your own brand, but you kind of have to be on the edges of the brand that you're um, doing something for. Or a whole new level of integrating brand personality, I suppose, in the, in the spoken word as opposed to the written word. Yeah, and like that, it that I can imagine that that is a challenge for somebody like you who has a really authentic personality from yourself to try to adapt that to a certain amount. Put you're putting up new barriers. You're doubling down on sort of new tones <laughs> it, when it comes. So we do that too. Like we work with Nokia and we work with like mm -hmm. financial management firms. That's very different than my own personality altogether, right? Um, you know, when we're working with Nokia, there's like a kind of a geeky technical uh, you know, element that we're talking about you know, geeking out over digital twins in the future and, and doubling down kind of on science almost. Um, uh, but it's also a B2B company, so we can't really get giddy, right? So yeah, like it, it, it is um, very much uh, like an exercise in almost almost acting, I guess, in a way. Um, under but you really once again have to understand that brand needs to have a strong personality that is well defined, so that you, Christoph, know how you should be presenting the content that you're creating for. Mm. Yeah, and that's 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 important to understand what the brand is about, what it stands for. Thank you for calling me authentic and not blunt. I do appreciate that. <laughs> um, the, the the one thing on when it comes to blunt and, and authentic and whatever, 
on live streams and podcasts, you can play it back. And I'll give you this example as a as a final note. We've I don't know if you believe it or not, Tara, but we're at 40 minutes already. Time flies wow. when you have fun. I do appreciate you sharing all this knowledge. I was on a call once and I thought I was kind of overly blunt. And I played it back and I sounded just fine. I think it was all in my head because I felt a certain way, but maybe I was acting. I don't know. But um, it is very interesting how we combine uh, brand personalities when it comes to the written word. How do we define them? Check out uh, the flywheel. What does what flywheel, P-H-L-Y, what does that stand for? Uh, so flywheel is our, um, we have a series of, of, of webinars uh, and courses and kits that are digital that help um, people who are at smaller companies that can't afford an agency implement a lot of the sort of the deeper ideas around um, content marketing and coming up with a brand personality and um, taking um, social content to the next level. Uh, we've created a bunch of learning um, and tools around that. So that's what Flywheel is. It's about creating your creating your content flywheel. Um, but, yeah. of course, the word flywheel is pretty common. So um, I dug deep into my 90s, my love of the 90s, and went with, like, the flywheel with PHL flywheel. <laughs> De definitely a way to, to stand out. Uh, you can connect with Tara on Twitter. We did tag her there. Well, on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Miss Roke, right? Was that the Twitter handle? Yeah, Miss Roke, yep. Yeah. What, what's, what's the story behind that? Um, so I'm old. I'm an old school internet person. Um, and in the old days, we never used to use our real names. Um, and I was ah. a huge fan of Rogue from the X-Men. So... And that was often taken, so I just started with Miss Rogue. Actually, it was MS Ms. Rogue for a while, like Ms. Marvel meets uh, Ms. Rogue or meets Rogue. Um, and I just used that handle, and it just uh, it just ended up following me throughout. And then people started using their real names, and I still kind of like hung on to Miss Rogue because I'm proud of my old school roots. <laughs> Because you had it, and um, are you verified on link on Twitter? I thought maybe you yeah. were. Yeah. So of course now you can't change it, anyways. But I threw it up there in the bottom. If you're watching on the live stream, um, there was somebody else on the show the other day, Dawn. I remember last Dawn's last name, but she had something else. It's, her Twitter handle is like Miss. Um, oh, here it is, M S Ride with the number one, and she's also um, old school. She's also Verified. I don't know if that's old school, but that's what she picked way back when, 20, yeah, usually, 2009. Yeah, usually if you're I, – I mean, I will do a little humble brag here that I was on Twitter before it had vowels. I was one of the first, I think, 1,000 users in 2006. Um, wow. So, yeah, I'm that old school. And um, when they went to uh, – actually, when they went to – um, limiting the characters or whatever in your name. Uh, a lot of people were like, you should just grab Tara. And I was like, why would I do that? I'm Miss Rogue. And of course, I completely regret that now. <laughs> but, but that's how much yeah. I hold on to the old school ways of 
of doing things. So yeah, I I'm sure there's idea. people in your audience will relate to being old school and be like, yeah, I was like some long characters with some numbers at the end uh, everywhere. <laughs> right. I was actually something else first as well. And then you, you started communicating with me like, well, who is that? Who is that? Yeah, I see that here. Join July 2006. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Tara, it was great to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing your insights. Really appreciate um, you coming on and making the time for us today. Thank you for having me, Christoph. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.